Hey, everyone. I uh, just wanted to welcome everyone to Real Advice, a podcast number I don't even know because I'm so, so excited to have today's guest, Mr. Chris Kwan uh, from California on with us, who is going to share his journey, uh, the highs, the lows in his real estate journey. Uh, I said journey again. Uh, but Chris is a top producing agent with Compass uh, top 1% in his marketplace and is really known for not only five-star level service that he services all of his clients, but his mastery in social media and digital marketing. Mm -hmm. More important than I think all of that, Chris, is the fact that you are just through and through a tremendously genuine, humble, and kick-ass family man. So hopefully I checked off all the boxes because that's what I know about you. So Mr. Chris Kwan, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today and to really kind of share with everyone uh, the ins and outs of how you became who you are in our industry. So thank you, Mr. Chris Kwan. Wow. That was a great introduction. <laughs> I got to carry you around with me when I go to presentations and fire presentations. It's nice, right? It makes yeah, you feel good. Really nice. I'm like, oh, wow. And then I got a Mr. Mr. Kwan. <laughs> Amazing. So, you know, Chris, this is really a podcast to highlight the top 1% in our industry. And so what Katie and I set out to do is to to change the public's perception of what a realtor broker, you know, who they are, because, you know, we have this, we have this notoriety, we have this reputation of being sleazy, money hungry, quick deals in and out, but not really putting any thought or care into the business that we have aligned ourselves with. And so Chris, you are known really as being a five-star agent, a high touch agent, mm -hmm. uh, providing the best level of service from start to finish and the many years after. But let's go all the way back, Chris. <laughs> Before real estate was even on your mind, what did you do or what did you want to do before real estate popped up for you? I feel like we should have that video effect. No, back when I was a kid. Oh no, we, we didn't yeah. mean that far back. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, where did I come from? I, I, I didn't have real estate in my uh, radar at all. Um, real estate was just nothing. Hey, I, I, my parents were in real estate and my parents were in real estate. I'm saying that again because, like, that's not like that's not cool. Like, if I become what my parents become, that's not cool, right? Or at least that's what I thought. Um, and so, like, elementary, middle school, high school, I had other visions of things that I want to accomplish in my life, and you know, a lot of that had to do with sports. Um, you know, so I was very athletic. I wanted to 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 do try, try a bunch of different things. I ended up pursuing golf, um, and you know, did a lot of that. You know, throughout basically my entire primary education, right? And so um, went to school for it, went to college and played NCAAs, uh, Division One, Division Two, And, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to become. And, you know, after college, that's what I did. Five years, I actually played professionally. And I tried. And it worked out really well because I'm a real estate agent now. And so <laughs> it, was, it was hard. It was a really hard career because it was uh, one of those things where you enjoy. It, it was a game that all of a sudden became a profession. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as soon as it, money became involved and there were sponsors and there was travel and all this other stuff, and I had to be conscious of all that, it didn't become very exciting for me anymore. And I'm actually glad that I didn't pursue that. Um, although I have a lot of friends that, that are still chasing it and still doing well with it right now. It just uh, it worked out really well for me. So, and I'm stuck here now selling real estate. So, 
So what was it? Was it something in the journey of, you know, playing professional golf, apart from just it becoming almost like a profession for you? Like at what point, you know, while you were doing golf and having your parents doing real estate, at what point did it kind of switch to be like, you know what, like, there was a defining moment? Or was it just kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of things that had real estate kind of all of a sudden be like, ah, like the, 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 the floodgates kind of opened up? Right. Um, so I would say I, did, I don't have one of those stories where, you know, I was, you know, I had a, you know, a, a problem right in life. Life was always fairly good for me. I've had struggles, don't get me wrong, but I just, it was for the most part, it's been pretty steady. And up until I, you know, stopped playing golf, I always had like this self-confidence that I would just figure it out. Life, everything. And that was always on the back burner. Like figuring it out was like always the last thing I wanted to do. So I was a professional procrastinator. And I was really Prior good at Prior to that. golf, I was. <laughs> really, really good at that. I was a professional procrastinator. And I was so good at that. And it got to a point where everything stopped. And, you know, I was, you know, I was, I was going out. I had a girlfriend, um, you know, and I was had this like this big career of things that I want to accomplish in terms of sports. And one day it just wasn't working out. And I had a, my last year in golf was just very difficult. I was traveling to tournaments, preparing, working extra hard, you know, missing cuts, making some cuts. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden you have to go and spend that money again. And then you have sponsors to deal with. And you know, it was a lot of pressure. And I just said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang it up. So I, I hung it up and couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And so in the meantime, I, I got like a part-time job, um, you know, working at a restaurant. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna do this for like a month or two. That turned into like a year. <laughs> and my wife was like, okay, you can't be doing this. Or like my girlfriend, who's my wife now, she's like, you can't be doing this for the rest of your life. And I was like, I know, I'll figure it out. And <laughs> And then she was like, look, I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't, I don't know what direction I didn't go to. I didn't really study at school. I mean, I got a, a fine arts degree and a graphic design degree, but I didn't really want to do arts or graphic design or design or anything like that. And she was just like, why don't you just go get your real estate license? Cause that's what your parents are doing. And I was like, I was so lost that I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my real estate license. And I, I got my books the next day and I got my license a few months later and I was on my journey. So it was just one of those points in my life where I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I came to the realization that I didn't figure it out or I hadn't figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. At any, everybody gets there at one point. At any point, like growing up, like playing golf professionally, like were your parents ever like, like the typical, like overbearing Asian parents to be like, Hey, do this, do this, do this, do this. Did they ever impart any of that on you? Yeah, I mean, they did, but I, I wasn't a very, I always thought I was a really good kid. Until, <laughs> and now until, you have kids. <laughs> until I see my son and I go, wow, that looks really familiar. And I'm like, that was me like 35 <laughs> years ago. Like, holy crap, that was a terrible kid. And so like my mom tells me all the time, she's like, you weren't a very good child. And I was like, no, I was a really good kid. But now that I'm a parent and I see all this stuff and I see the similarities, I'm like, oh, I was, oh. I was a really, really. <laughs> I can't imagine really. you saying that about your kids because they're just the cutest, and they're, I they're never imagine them being they're bad. Fun. Don't get me wrong; they're a lot of fun, but they're, whoo, they're challenging. <laughs> oh my gosh! How old are your kids again, Chris? Because I know that you have two. Uh, 
my son's almost three, wow. and my, uh, my daughter, she's five. She wow. just turned five. Yeah. What so. a fun, fun age. Mine's uh, Jordan. She's eight, and my little guy Noah is five. So it's uh, you learn a lot of hair starts coming in quick after they pop up. Like, or you just don't have any, man. Dude, look I, at your hair. Oh my gosh, I have like oh my gosh, it's terrible. So Chris, kind of, kind of uh, segueing back to real estate. What would you say was something that you know we all talk about how we we want to fail forward, we want to fail fast. Um, what's something that like was a mistake that you made that like you know, you, you, I don't want to say that you still think about to this day, but was like a lesson that you learned early on in your career that, that kind of shaped where you are today. Yeah. If I were to go back in time, I would have really paid attention in school. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what we all? if I'm talking about just my real estate career, I wouldn't change a thing. I really wouldn't. I think it worked out as well as it could. And I'm sure like there's some things maybe I could have changed that could have been better, but it really worked out really well. And I, I still struggle with a lot of things now. Um, and, you know, I try to have to, I have to kind of like recenter myself and put breakers on. So, you know, I, I think everybody goes through that, but that's just kind of a, a learning lesson. But, you know, even like in terms of production now, I always like, you know, nine years ago, if I was to ever think I'd be where I'm at right now, you know, that would be, that would sound very exciting to me. But now that I'm here now, there's not that much, I'm, I still have bigger goals and I'm like, I'm satisfied. I'm like happy, but I'm not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like I'm unsatisfied with where, where I'm at. And I think that kind of helps propel me to keep going and work harder and figure things out a little bit better. So. I think that's the entrepreneurial spirit for a lot of real estate agents and brokers yeah. is, you um, know, never being satisfied. You know, you, you hit your goal this year, but then you have, you know, far reaching goals the year after. So I think it's kind of the entrepreneurial DNA in you. Well, you know, that, that exercise that Tom always has us do at every event, it's like, okay, picture of like, here's like all the things in your world, right? Like you're prospecting, you're marketing, and then give it a number. And the numbers never change for me. It's exactly the same. I go back and I'm like, oh, that was a five five years ago, and it's still a five. Right? So I, I don't know what's changing. I'm like, well, am I ever going to get to a ten? I don't know if I'll ever get to a ten. So uh, at the next event, I'll have to sit next to you and add a couple zeros or a yeah. one or something. No, it's that. always going to be like <laughs> five. And yeah. don't get me wrong, we work on all that stuff, but I just don't feel like it ever gets to to a ten or something. I don't know. Chris, if, I want to ask you this question. What do you think is the biggest pain point in your business right now? And this is going to be, I think, incredibly impactful because you've been in the industry nine years for someone who's just getting their license. Today's day one for them, for you to kind of share with them, like, what, what is that pain point? And it may, have it may have changed from year one to where you are now, but identify what that pain point might be for you currently in this market or in year nine of real estate. So I think it's changed uh, uh, over time. Okay. In the very beginning, it was money. I didn't have any money, mm, right? Okay, yeah. Like, oh, I need to get some money because I have a, a girlfriend that wants to get married and she's not going to be my girlfriend for much longer. If I don't get <laughs> let's go find some money. Let's go make some money. And yeah. let's build that confidence, right? Because I think everybody was worried about me except for me. Um, and then now it's time. Mm. It's time like i don't care about the money anymore and i don't know when i stopped caring about the money um like for me like i don't need a lot of money but i i find that to define being rich is 
not being able to go or not when you go out shopping or going somewhere and not looking at the price tag. Like I, I feel like that is being rich, right? And so yeah. I don't know when that actually happened, but you know, obviously you you're you're not making dumb decisions. You're not gonna go spend like a hundred dollars on a candy bar. But <laughs> what you know, kind of candy bar is it though? I know it depends. <laughs> <laughs> candy bar. But you know, you're still making, you know, conscious decisions. But you know, I think when you get to a point, even like if you wanted to buy like a house or a car and you're like, oh, that, that's a, that's I'm gonna buy it. I feel like that's being rich, right? And I think I stunt my growth a little bit because of that, because I need to start thinking about like college tuition. As soon as I started thinking about the future, I was like, oh, shit, I'm not rich at all. Like, I, need to, I need to make more money. Right? Yeah. So, like, oh, I got to pay tuition. I got to pay for this. I got to pay for that life insurance. Like, I'm like, okay, I need to start working some more. So, you figure it out and you're like, okay, I have a lot more to do. Um, but I would say now it's time for sure, 100%. It's because I just don't have a lot of it. Mm. And, you know, I, I see, um, you know, I, like I saw my dad yesterday for the first time in a month. And, you know, I haven't seen him in a while, like physically. And just because he's going through some health stuff. And, you know, our kids just went back to school. So there's some concern there. Um, and, you know, you know, he was telling me about a story that his, his one of his best friends just passed away. Like he just went to sleep and didn't wake up. And a lot of those things are, I'm always thinking about like, you know, when Gary Vee talks about, like I hear him talk about this is the very first time. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm so, this is so relatable. Cause he thinks about like what happens if it, all of his family died. And he, you know, like he talks about that, like in some of his podcasts. And I kind of think the same way too. Like I wake up and I'm fearful of like, okay, well, what if this happens? Or what if my kids get so old and I, don't, I forget to spend the time with them? Or, you know, what if my parents go away and, you know, I don't get to spend the time with them. And, so now it's it's 100% time. Wow, that I, that totally resonated with me because you know being the child of immigrant parents, they came and they worked like 16, 18 hour days. The only day off, you know, they ran in their own business. The only day they had off was Christmas. But it was really, you know, the moment that I had Jordan, my first child. My dad kind of pulled me aside in the hospital uh, uh, hall, and you know, he would just apologize. He's like, my biggest regret in life was not spending enough time with you and your brother. And he said this to me and it still sticks to me. It still resonated with me. And that's essentially why I left teaching after almost two decades is my dad says, time is the currency of love. Like you'll always be able to do whatever you need to do to, to, to move your family forward, to buy them whatever they need. He's like, at the end of the day, it's the time. That people, okay. don't know, people don't always need sure. things, but it's the time that you need to spend. And so you know, as my kids were getting a little bit older, like, you know, they were always like, I couldn't go on any field trips with them. I couldn't even walk my daughter to school because I was a teacher. I had to rush to school. And that was really the, the, the decision for me to be like, you know what, I'm out, I'm out of teaching because I need to find something that I love doing that affords me the flexibility to always be there, be present for my kids. So that resonated huge with me, Chris. So thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Um, can I ask, what would be your advice? So money now and time, time specifically, but day one, I just got my license, brand new newbie agent. What's the one piece of advice you would give to that agent who's just started in the industry? Yeah, I would say you're already behind. Um, mm. The reason yeah. why is because, um, you know, again, the reason why I don't, I wouldn't want to change my career is because I made the the right choices without knowing them. Like, <laughs> I was like, red. Cool, right, right. That's how it worked out in my life, right? I just ended up hitting the right the the right decisions, but without knowing. 
And, you know, one of the first things that I did was, um, you know, I joined a team, but I joined a team before I got licensed mm-hmm. and I understood contracts. Uh, I was already immersed, immersed with like the real estate um, market. And, you know, I was going, I wasn't going on presentations or anything like that, but I was definitely involved with like role play. I was surrounded by a, a real estate environment. You know, I was, pe- people were printing out contracts. I was printing them out and then, you know, figuring out how to, how to fill them out and stuff. So I had a, a really nice head start, but I didn't know that. Yeah. And so like anybody who's looking to get really involved in the real estate career, in their real estate career, they should be interning or, you know, at least surrounding themselves with individuals who have the knowledge to give you the, you know, what you need to, and when you get started. So um, just like a coming soon, right? <laughs> well, the whole idea of a coming soon is to get, to, to get, to get like steam, right? So, to, so that when you hit the market, you're off and running. So it's the same thing. So how so, long, oh, sorry, go ahead. So with that being said, you know, I guess if you're giving advice to someone that's been in the business for a while, what would you, um, what advice would you give them? Yeah, don't ever get complacent. Yeah, because I was a that young person looking around and I remember telling myself, look at it. I remember looking around the office and going, why don't these people door knock? Like everybody's in their chair and just making phone calls and, you know, not even like, I was like, I just went door knocking and I just got like three leads and I probably I've, you know, at that point in time, there was, my business was generating from door knocking. And I was like, it's great exercise. You get sun and vitamin D, you know, <laughs> you get to meet people. And honestly, you learn a lot when you door knock because you yeah. understand communities, you know, different terrains and you look at houses and all that stuff. So I learned a lot from that. But I remember looking around going, wow, these people, like I have so much of an edge on these people because I'm hungry and I'm willing to do the work. Yeah. Um, and now I look back and I go, well, you know, I'm at that place where a lot of those agents used to be, right? When I first started and I'm trying to come up with better and creative ways to make my life easier. It may not be door knocking, but it could be something else. So never getting complacent and never thinking that you're you're the, you know, the the shiz, you know. <laughs> you, you can not, say shit. You're not. Okay, cool. This is a, <laughs> this is a um, okay. This is not a PG-13. Um, yeah, but not thinking you're the shit because you're not. And yeah. I constantly get reminded of that because I, I meet people and I'm like, wow, you're the shit. Huh. <laughs> 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 I, thought, I thought I was cool, but no, you, you're really cool. And I meet a lot of those people. So, Yeah. And I think that's the humility component that a lot of people lack in our industry uh, is to be able to identify that. Right. And once you can identify that, I think it still leaves the door open for learning. And I think that's huge, no matter how old you are, is to continue that learning process. So I want to get a little tactical here is so the Chris Kwan, I want to know, and I know a lot of people want to know, what are the lead pillars that you actively work on right now in your business? Yeah. So uh, it's changed mm-hmm. over time. <laughs> it's, it's totally changed. And now it's majority of my business comes from other agents. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, majority of that. And I would say a very close behind that is going to be my local farm. And so those are my major two major pillars. And, uh, you know, after that, it's all referrals, right? So referrals beyond the agent to agent referrals. So like, you know, past clients, friends and family. Um, And I do things 
very, very different in terms of all that. Uh, when I got into the business, I was absolutely scared to ask any of my friends or family to work with me. And, you know, that's the first thing that people say. They're like, tell everybody know, that you know that you're in real estate, ask them to do business, ask to work with them. But I w was coming from a place where I didn't want to screw up any relationships. And I yeah. cared more about the relationships than, than fueling my business. Wow. So I never asked anybody to, to work with me. I just told them that I did real estate. That's all that I did. Like, so on social media, I posted, like, I remember posting when I got my, um, my license or when I passed my test and all that stuff. And for the longest time, several years, until this day, I actually don't. I don't have, I don't ask people to work with me in my sphere. I don't. And I think what that's done over time is that people have just recognized me as, as the real estate agent. I was the real, Chris, the real golfer to Chris, the real estate agent. And people come to me and I, I like it. The, I like it better that way. I like it better that way because I, I want people to, um, I guess when they come to me, I feel like I've earned their respect to earn their business. Right? No, you're, you're, you're a master of your craft, right? So if I wanted to, to, let's just kind of peel it back a little bit. So people from your sphere have, you know, they know, like they, they know and like you, but right. to go from Chris the golfer to Chris the realtor, they got to trust that. Sure. Yeah, so is, is there one thing that you know that you're doing on a consistent basis that has kind of triggered that to go from Chris the golfer to now tr Chris the trusted realtor? So it takes time. Okay. Just like anything. But I wanted to be, I wanted to be really good at my craft before I gave myself out to those type of people, right? So I wanted them to to understand that not only was I in the business, but I was really good at what I did. And at that point, then they would trust, trust, you know, trust me to, to work with them. And I went about it that way, not knowingly that I wanted to do it that way, but it's worked out for me. Hmm. So even though I just don't, I mean, people ask me all the time, like, Hey, how's the real estate market? And blah, blah, blah. And I just don't, I don't say, Hey, well, let's, you know, I don't go in the traditional dialogue and say, Hey, what can we do to like, you know, try and get, get try and get their business. Right. I have them go, Hey, I would love to have you to work with me. Um, you know, what do we need to do? And I, I'll go in, I'll go in that way. So I don't, I don't poach my friends. <laughs> Not saying that anybody else. Does that. <laughs> I know like for all of you watching, it's like totally fine. It just doesn't, it's, I'm different. That's all. Now, Chris, you're known in the industry. Like you're a heavyweight in the industry with regards to the innovation, the, the, the direction of your social media content, your videos in particular. It's a question I know you get asked probably all of the time. Where do you get the inspiration? Even more important than that, where do you get to come up with the creativity for just your trailblazing video concepts and ideas? Because I know you have a, an arts background, but this is a little bit different. This is real estate and, and creativity. And sometimes that's like oil and water. Like, where do you get that inspiration and creativity? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's just in my this brain. Is what I love it. You're like, ah, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't I can't conceptually figure out what. what. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, I I don't drink. I don't take drugs. So it's definitely not that. <laughs> like, do you watch other people? Like, 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 I don't know. Do you go for a walk and then all of a sudden it just hits you? Like, where do you like? Where's this inspiration and creativity coming from? 
Yeah, yeah, it's got to it's got to spark somewhere, right? So yeah. it's from it, it's got to come from a place. So an idea just doesn't pop up out of my head. I sometimes it does, but oftentimes I'll see something, which then goes, "Wow, that would be really cool if I did it like this instead of that." And then I start thinking about it, and all of a sudden I'm down this wormhole, and I come up with this original idea, which is not really original. It came from came from somewhere. So I, you know, what I would say is it was just be being mindful of what, what's out there and seeing what other possibilities there are in outside of real estate. I looked at a lot of other stuff outside of real estate. I really actually find real estate marketing um, kind of bland. And <laughs> yep. it is, it yep. is. For the longest time it was, right? And even to this day, there, to a certain point, there's certain templates of the way that you do things. And I, I hate that. I just, every time, every, like they, like my friend says right now, he's like, everybody, everybody does this, right? And then I tend to go the opposite way. I'm the exact same way. Like I, I see everybody doing this and I'm like, let's go over here and try this, right? Because I just gravitate to the, to the opposite of what most people um, move toward. And, you know, I don't know if that helps anybody. They're probably like, this guy's nuts. Um, but no, I mean, it comes from it comes from ideas. Like I, I, I have in my phone, I have a, a notes and I have like all of these notes of ideas that I wanted to to write down. And I'm like, oh, that would be really cool if I did this and did that. And I put it on the back burner and maybe think about it later. Um, oftentimes when I'm making an edit, I'm, I'll come up with the ideas based off of the variables that I have, right? This video or, or that or this. And I'm like, oh, this would be really cool if I put this transition in there or if I added this text or I changed the edit like this. And I enjoy that that process in itself. I really enjoy. So a lot of the videos that I I make, um, you know, there are some storyboards with it, but um, mm -hmm. I like really creating stuff when I'm at the computer and just really going, okay, let's try this instead of that. You had one listing video which just completely blew me away. It was I can't remember who it was, but it was all kind of automation. It was the computer, and you were moving things around. Yeah, I remember that one. Kind of like different views of the house. I thought that to be just game changing. Can I ask, where did the inspiration come from that one in particular? Because that one was just next, nothing has even come close to that that I've ever seen. In terms I, just, of I saw it somewhere and yeah. I was like, how did they do that? And I went down this rabbit hole trying to figure out how they did that. And there was nothing that showed me, there was no tutor. I mean, there's, there's stuff on it now, but at the time there wasn't anything. And I just figured out, okay, I can do this based off of this technique and I, I understand how to do this and do that. And I just kind of figured it out. Uh, but I saw it from somewhere. I, I saw it from like a some video or some movie or something like that. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. I, I want to be able to do that as well. So those techniques, I mean, you you learn over time. But, you know, again, that was an idea that I, I got from somewhere else and then I applied to my real estate career. So do you yeah. see yourself, do you see yourself as a realtor? in this kind of, you know, in 2021, or do you see yourself as like a digital marketing company? I, I honestly look at myself as just a regular guy who just makes videos and sell houses. <laughs> you make that's, it sound so easy. <laughs> no, that's how I look at myself, right? And I think, you know, it's, I, yeah, I just, I, I want to do things my way, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, I just want to do things my way sometimes. And it may not be like what most people love or hate, but it's just like, hey, I enjoy doing this and I've seen some benefits from it. So, you know, I, there's a lot of people like, you know, that ask me about, hey, what about this? What about that? And I'm happy to share all that stuff. But, but I just kind of create stuff 
that I like. I feel like that, you know, translates into how I am as a person. And they say that all the time, right? They try to be authentic and try to be yourself. And I just made the selfish, selfish decision that I was just going to put out whatever I wanted to put out, you know, in, in some context, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be sending out like raunchy stuff or, you know, things that are offensive. But, you know, I, that's, I just kind of put out stuff that I really enjoyed. Awesome. I think that shows through though in the work as well, because like all of your, you know, even property videos are just always so unique. Um, and, and obviously you share, you know, videos of, of family vacations and things like that as well. So it's like, it's really cool to see that and like to, to know you through that. Right. Um, and I think the, the creativity and that you really enjoy it. I feel like that shows through, you know? Thanks. I gotta say the family vacations are the ones that really, I'm really excited about because, you know, I look at all my family vacations and I have a, you know, um, you know, a history of them, right. I have a, a vault of videos from our vacations and I look back and I go, wow. And I feel like my memory, I feel like it has so much stuff in there. And I, that's why I have short-term memories because there's too much stuff backlogged in there. I can't recall anything that happened. Like I'm like, what did I do an hour ago? Um, but the videos help jog all those memories again. And I, that's what I probably really have about. I also like just have to laugh at like, you know, these are the videos that you're putting out, like documenting your family vacations. And you look back to like when we were kids and our parents had like the huge camcorder that like half of the video was actually just them yeah, recording your feet, you know? Um, so it's just funny, you know, how the, how the quality has improved over, yeah. you know, a generation. So. Yeah. Uh, Chris, share with us where, where is Chris Kwan going to be in 10 years time? So today, March 3rd, 2021, where are you going to be in 10 years? Where am I going to be in 10 years? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. That's, um, uh, I actually probably don't want to be in real estate. Wow. I probably, okay. I, I have this vision of creating, uh, and this was a recent, recent vision is to create a, a very large scale team and first they're the first to hear it. Um, uh, large scale team and, slowly step away from it, but have it, have it run. Right. And I want to be able to do other things in my life. Um, you know, whatever that might be, but other things, uh, but I, I want to be doing something with video. Um, I, f- I feel like I'm so engulfed with like uh, real estate right now that it's hard to creatively work on the videos that I want to create. And uh, you know, so uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, 10 years from now, but definitely five years, I'm going to be in real estate. The one I'm going to be, you know, exiting out of, but, you know, definitely I'm going to be going hard. I'm going to try and go as hard as I can for at least nine years, nine years and 10 months. So those numbers are going to change. When Tom does that exercise, your numbers are 100% going to change when yeah. you're kind of mapping everything out. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um, Last question uh, we want to ask is, can you highlight the most impactful real estate sale? So whether it was the biggest listing that you had or the one that was the most challenging, do you, can you vividly remember what that kind of quintessential real estate transaction was? Oh, yeah. for you? <laughs> no everyone, hesitation. Everyone has it. And can you just share with everyone? It's, yeah, it's, a, it's the highest sale that I had, but it was the longest that I've ever worked on a listing. And uh, we went into a listing presentation. It was a me and my partner at the time. Um, <clears throat> and we went in with Sharon. 
So if you guys know Sharon, he came with us to this, this listing presentation. And we sat down. It was a very large house, very unlike 10 acres. And we sat down. We were being interviewed and interviewed against, uh, you know, the top real estate agents or the team that in that community. And, um, you know, so we interviewed with it and we ended up leaving the, the, the presentation. Sharon and my partner didn't say a damn thing the whole time. <laughs> it was just me. I was so nervous. I was literally like, as I was talking to them, I was like shaking like this and you couldn't see it because it was under the table. They didn't see anything. The table was shaking, but. <laughs> and you can ask Sharon, I was like, you guys didn't say anything. Like, Why did you guys even come? And Sean's like, oh, no, you don't, you're, you're, you knocked it out of the park. It was fine. And I remember him saying, look, it's not a matter if, if they give you this opportunity, but if you take this opportunity, this is going to kill you. And it was one of those houses. It was like, the house was like original condition. It was in good shape, but it was in original condition. It was, it was so dated and it was such a large house. And it, what we ended up doing is remodeling the entire place. It was like, um, uh, the main house was like 7,500 square feet and the wow. guest house was 2,600 square feet. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, so it took us uh, about nine months to remodel. And the entire time the owner wasn't there, it was just me. I was a project manager working wow. with the contractor. We had a designer. We, we basically picked out everything in the house and we put it on the market. It was on and off the market and it expired. He resigned or expired or resigned. And he was just, he just trusted me. And I ended up, um, you know, double ending the deal last year. And it was the biggest, my wow. biggest sale ever. And I double ended it. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was um, uh, Michael Chang's house. The, the tennis player? Yeah. No way. That's crazy. Yeah. So like the Michael Jordan of Asian people, right? If, <laughs> If you're watching this now and you are anything but Asian, you under you will need to understand oh that my Michael Jordan, oh my God. Michael Chang is the Michael Jordan for Asian people in the 1990s. You do not understand. He was small little dude. He was so fast. He was oh, so man. and everybody yeah. like on Saturday, Sunday afternoon was eating their ramen in front of the TV watching yeah. him play. Like he was amazing. Oh, and so you have that opportunity. I never thought I would ever meet him, but I ended up selling his house, worked very closely with him. And at the end of it, he was like, I'm so glad that you represented the buyers because you totally deserved it. And I was, I was, that, that was probably the proudest, proudest sale that I had. Wow. That is incredible. That is so cool. <laughs> That's so great. I just totally relived my childhood right now when you gave uh, the Michael Chang. I remember just, you know, gearing up and that's all I wanted to be playing tennis with my buddies is I was Michael Chang. Didn't matter. I, w I was Michael Chang. So <laughs> thanks for that nugget. That's amazing. Yeah. Was, that was great. That was a great experience. It was a long, and it took us uh, probably close to like two years. Wow. Two years, wow. To, but it was totally worth it. Tremendous. That's crazy. That's insane. Well, Katie, we'll have you wrap up because we've used enough of uh, Chris's time uh, on this day. We have. Chris, I really appreciate it. I do have one other question. Oh. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, oh, what yeah. would it be? I totally forgot. <laughs> uh, one, like one item or one like style of food? Take it, take it how you want. Oh, it would definitely be curry and barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, at the next point that we're all in Anaheim, we need to eat some Korean barbecue. 
Yeah, we so, did it. We did it last time with a bunch of bunch of folks, and it was a it was a good time. But yeah, we should definitely do that. I'm gonna dig in. Hold on, I want to piggyback onto that because I'm a huge foodie. Now, where is this iconic Chris Kwan Korean barbecue joint? Oh, there's a ton of them. It's not just one. There's but, there's a ton of places. Yeah. Is there one that that's a favorite for you? Like the one that you're just like, you know what? Like it's so consistent. It's so good all the time. This is the one. Mm, no. Okay. Just, yeah. It's just more of the, the all of the above. Though. Yeah. There's some places that aren't like the best. Yeah. And sometimes when it comes to like Asian food, a C is like the really good place, right? Like <laughs> C grade, like it's like ooh, really good. You don't want to know what's in the in the back. You don't even ask though. But it comes out and you're like, okay, that was that was amazing. It's not the best food, but sometimes it's like the one that hits the spot. I love and that's, that's the really good stuff. Cool. Amazing. Well, Chris, we truly appreciate your time and all that you do um, for the industry and that you're always so giving and, and willing to help. Um, you know, I love that we were able to, to take the time today to chat and appreciate you and thank you guys. can't wait you to guys, see you again in person soon. I haven't seen you guys in forever. So. <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. Cool, man. Well, until next time. Until next time, Anaheim. Peace, everybody.